It's weird, isn't it? A little. The, uh, it's like an ASMR experiment. Mm. Oh my god. <gasps> They'd eat that shit up. You're totally squandering, like, what? millions of dollars not doing an ASMR channel on YouTube of just <sighs> your beard, like, scruffing against shit. Like, you realize that, right? Do you realize how many weird people would want to listen to There's you? no way I'm doing it. Dude, people would do it. They don't get it. They would totally do it. Like, some people want to hear, like, a page turning in a book. I know. Some people want to hear, like, a girl whispering. Some people want to listen to Felix Hergood scruff his beard against shit. This isn't Budweiser. Okay. The phrase is not... What is it? This beard, beard's for you. I... Mm, That's not the first. I don't know if Budweiser's has ever said that. No, but Budweiser's was this Bud's for you. Okay, so and you're taking Budweiser's I'm, and logo. I'm saying this is not this beard's for you. It isn't. I'm not going to continue this conversation. Welcome to episode 145 of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. Bow, bow, bow. Oh, he's doing this thing. He was doing this all before. ASMR we beard challenge. No, it's gross. ASMR beard. Mm-mm. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> That's Felix Ergood rubbing his beard on a microphone. And this is what happens when the other members of the Emergent Gamer Podcast are not here. <laughs> it all goes to hell. And you start talking in the third person. Yep. Yes, yeah, so this is Felix Ergood, and I'm here with Snacks the Cat. Snacks the Cat. Oh my God, I returned. Snacks the Cat has been been gone on a bit of a hiatus. Oh, except you were, you did do couch co op with Felix yeah. a couple times. Yeah, but I don't remember the. Do you remember the numeric number of the last ep- episode you were on? Mm, I don't. It was whenever we talked about Hellblade, and yeah. That was really good. That was like probably back in like July or August, but yeah, so maybe like two or three months of episodes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So well, I appreciate you having you back. No, no, it's always a pleasure, man. I always like to sit down and you know talk about things, talk about things that we're playing. Yeah, we're playing a lot of things. Talk about um, things we're playing and yelling at the TV screen about. <laughs> oh, you were yelling. I get a little frustrated sometimes when I play games, for sure. Oh, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a rageaholic. Oh, I know. I've seen the clips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting a little angry. Yeah. yeah. So what's uh, what's been... So what have you been doing, my yeah. bud? I've been chilling, you know, doing the thing, playing the games, all the good stuff, you know? Yeah, I... Um, it's getting cold out. Got to start getting... Yeah. yeah. I, I, I noticed that the weather's getting yeah. a little chilly. Makes me sad. Can't get my iced coffee anymore unless I... Feel risky. I got to start getting the hot coffee all oh, the time. You're, so you're one of those people that have a problem with cold drinks in cold weather. Kind of. I mean, hmm. unless like I'm going to a warm room, and if I'm just walking around, like I need hot coffee. I can. I can. I mostly do warm warm drinks in the middle of the winter, but I can fuck with some. You think so? I can definitely fuck with cold drinks. Are you one in of those weird of people that like eats ice cream in the winter time or like gets a milkshake? Mm, I would definitely, I have been known to get milkshakes in the winter. Uh, never gotten like, what, Tasty Freeze, like Dairy Queen. I don't know what the hell a Tasty Freeze is. You're talking Isn't that a thing? mumbo jumbo. That's a thing. I don't think that it is. That was a thing in a decade. 
Okay, that's asking a lot. <laughs> that, that also that also just might be a a fictional flavor of ice cream in like in like a TV show, and I'm just remembering life wrong. This is scary. <laughs> it's going to be a really hard hour of talking. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I know. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a good week. Um, yeah. What 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 were you playing this week? What'd you get into? Got into a lot of things actually. I'm doing my second run in Dark Souls three. I love that game. Um, yeah, well, I just got into Souls esque games yeah, by were, playing Bloodborne. Yeah, Bloodborne. Um, Dark and you played them all, right? Yeah, I play those games every time they come out, like Neo, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, all of them. Um, I, there's just something that feels so good about those games. And um, with Dark Souls three, I played it in, originally on Xbox One, uh, and then. Uh, I rebought it on PS4, uh, you know, because that game has replayability for sure, just because you can make different builds. Like, you can do a run with a spellcaster, and then you can do a completely different run as, like, you know, a two-handed sword kind of build where you're all strength. So, like, it, there's just a lot of replayability. I'm kind of like a pyromancer, like, versatile, like, going through, mixing up my builds. It's fun. Um, so, when I'm not playing that... Uh, I actually just started Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle on the Switch. Yeah, which I, I heard was like kind of like uh, XCOM. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, Neo talking about it a little bit, but um, yeah, it is really like good. Like it is one of those sleeper hits of the year for sure. Um, I'm surprised it didn't. I feel like it got positive like reviews and it got some praise, but like it's doing really cool things. And I don't like XCOM style combat, um, but. This game feels really good. How does good it work? Is it, 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 does it play kind of? I mean, I, I think me and you have talked yeah. about it, but does does it play like it's a? Um, I don't know. Does it play like it's a? It, there's like a there's a grid, and um, you you have. But a, is it turn based? Yes, it's turn based. There's a grid. You uh, get three characters, and um, you make your moves with your characters, and then your opponents make their moves, and you can kind of go around the map. Um, and it's weird because Mario has guns. It's super odd, but he's like shooting these rabbits, which I like think are like pistols. Yeah, like not pistols, but like kind of like hand cannons, kind of like Mega Man style. Oh, he's doing Mega Man. Yeah, style. he's taking the Mega Man. Um, but uh, it's really cool because the depth of the combat is super detailed. Like um, what you can do is you can kind of combo off of your team members where. Uh, let's say there's an enemy and he's hiding behind a barrier because you can kind of use cover to your advantage so that your percent of getting shot is lowered, but enemies can do the same thing. Uh, And you can team up with your allies to where, like, let's say I'm playing as Mario and I'm like, ooh, I want to go and hit that enemy, but I'm just out of reach. You can go up to one of your characters that's kind of close to you and you can combo a jump off of them where you run up to them and then you kind of kick your feet against them, and they jump you to another part yeah, of the map. Yeah, I saw, I saw it was like peaches yeah. like through Mario to another section yeah. of the map. You can do stuff like that, so where you get these crazy combos going where you... Um, I'll do stuff where I run in, I'll hit an enemy, and like I'll do it very specific because if you still have like movement available, because you only have a certain amount of movement you can do in a turn, uh, you can dash into an enemy to do extra damage. So I'll dash into an enemy... I'll run back to an ally that's close. I'll jump off of them to get behind cover, and then I'll shoot them. So you can really get crazy with the amount of depth that goes into it. Um, but repeat what you said. You said it isn't turn-based, or it is? It is turn-based, but you can kind of do a lot of combos uh, each turn. Okay. Um, but enemies can do the same thing. Uh, I've just started. Uh, there's not a huge difficulty spike just yet, but I imagine uh, it will ramp up because uh, I just started again. 
Um, but outside of that, I uh, I got a chance to play Hidden Agenda last night, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah. um, that that game, lots to talk about with that game. Uh, I wanted to go back to the Souls games, yeah, a little bit. So you have uh, you've played um, Bloodborne, Dark Souls three, Neo, Dark Souls two, and one. Yes, and Demon Souls. And Demon Souls, which Demon- was the original. Yes. Um, what's the hardest out of all of them? Um, I would say a lot of people that play those games are going to say Demon Souls. Um, there's something really just the design of that game is so different than the other games, uh, where it doesn't feel like a connected world. It kind of has like uh, like hub er- a hub area to take you to the different realms. Um, so it feels a little that, different. That reminds me of Bloodborne. But the world is not connected. You can't get from the area you start in the beginning of the game to the end of the game. Bloodborne is one whole connected world with fast travel points. Demon's Souls is, hey, here's a portal for the wood realm. Here's oh, a portal for the old castle realm. So it's different. Kind of like old school Mario world. Yeah, but like the enemies are fucking, the bosses are really hard in that game. And the design was just very different for the time. And the final boss is a pain in the ass because if you die against the final boss in Demon's Souls, his whole thing is he'll take your soul level away. Every time you lose, you go down a level. Wow. So it's fucking hard. Um, but personally I would say dark souls one dark souls one has this great balance of challenge where in the beginning you are struggling and just scraping by there's a turning point in the middle of the game, but the bosses are just so like frustratingly awesome. Um, and especially the last boss, I will never have as satisfying of a moment killing a boss as when I killed Gwen, uh, the Lord of Cinder, who is the final boss in dark souls one. It just felt fucking awesome. It was like 3am. I couldn't like put the controller down. I was like, I gotta fucking kill him. You you beat him and you like stood up and oh my God, I was throw the controller down and I just tossed it out of my hands. I was like, yes. Um, it yeah, like, and I don't like try to emote too much when I play games like that, but like, it was just so many deaths, so much trial and tribulation trying to learn it. You don't try to emote, like, you know, I don't try to like put too much energy like into like, you know, I'll yell when I get frustrated and shit. You 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 do an awful lot of 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 emoting when you're when you're playing some uh, Overcooked with old Felix Hurdy. Okay, that's a little different because somebody brings the worst out in me in that (laughs) game, so. It's completely different. That, that somebody is me. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing? What have I been playing? So, so I had to go through. This is in my own head. I, um, I, I, Mrs. Felix gifted to my stream the um, Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've played all the Assassin's Creed games. If people don't know who I am, mm-hmm. uh, and haven't watched me stream, then they don't know that I've a- attempted to tackle all of the Assassin's yeah. Creed games, as annoying as some of them can be. You did your little stream of uh, Unity Syndicate, right? So Origins. what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do was I wanted to play through Unity Syndicate and Origins, which is the current stock, the current generation mm-hmm. of Assassin's Creed titles, and I wanted to see if there's any story connection because what was really great coming out of Rogue. If we don't know, Rogue was the last game of the last generation for Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Uh, main 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 title game. Yeah, the one I mean, where you're a Templar. Yeah, the one where you're 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 actually a an assassin who turns to a Templar. Yeah. And proceeds to take out assassins, which was really cool. Yeah. 
Um, what's really interesting about that game is the, f- the final scene of that game is the assassin in that game killing the father of the assassin in Unity. Oh, interesting. So there is a direct hmm. tie between that game and Unity. And what I, th- I wanted to see, I wanted to see if that legacy was being up, uh, withheld in these newer games. You know, I wanted to see if there was any direct connection. Now, someone could easily say to me, Felix, there's no possible way there could be a connection because Unity takes place in the 1780s or 90s. Yeah. Um, then you have um, Syndicate that takes place in the 1860s. Right. And then you have um, probably BCE 54 yeah. is when it, Origins takes place. It's not afraid to jump around with the time frames, but I feel like the whole Abstergo twist to the story, like where you can kind of intertwine these stories, really helps them kind of bridge everything back together. No, what I was looking for is I was looking for something distinct. I was looking for like maybe up, you know, there's always these famous artifacts that they're trying to discover. The reason why the, the, let me explain to the audience in case they don't know. If you don't know how these games function, I think one of the developers I was reading, um, but by the way, this is developed by Ubisoft, a French company. Oui, oui, oui. Yeah. Um, But I think at one point I was reading that one of the developers of the company read about a loose scientific theorem that encased in DNA, in the genetic code of all humans, is possibly the memories of their ancestors, meaning what the ancestors remember or whatever, the memories. Okay. Which is, uh, which is interesting because they interpreted that as being a visual thing, yeah. which might not always be the case. But they interpreted it as being a visual thing, but then they took it one step further. They said, what if there was a computer program that could reconstruct that memory, which is really neat. Yeah. I think it's a cool concept. And that's what the first Assassin's Creed game is. You, your character you're playing is Desmond Miles. He's put into this thing called the Animus. And then the Animus reconstructs the memories of his ancestor from right. his own DNA, which I thought was neat. Um, but what I was looking for, within the, the purpose of them going through these memories is to discover where ancient artifacts are. Right. And they call them the Apple of Eden. Yeah. They call them... They use a bunch of terminology. Yeah, in Syndicate, it was uh, it was the Shroud of Eden. Okay. So it was like a... Literally, a, the guy wears like a, a Torah. Uh, not, not a Torah. Um, uh, a bathrobe. The, uh, what's the... Birthday uh, suit. Birthday suit. No, like a, a robe. Okay. No, no, like a... Bathrobe. A shawl. A shawl. Okay. Better way to describe it. Good. It's putting putting a... Um, a shawl, a shawl on, and it glows yellow. Okay. Very weird. Um, so, so is there a connection? Bathrobe? Is there a connection? Oh, back to my point. There isn't. <laughs> God damn it! Why the <laughs> fuck did you just? Okay, that's well, fine. I mean, I didn't get to the end of Origins yet. I haven't gotten anywhere in Origins, but there definitely doesn't seem to be a connection between any of these three games. They're all independent. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Origins a little bit because yeah, I'm, sure. I'm interested to uh, like it's a game that when it was shown off, I mean, it was clearly something that was uh, leaked very early. This is something we were talking about a year ago, actually, when it was still under the code name Empire. Yeah, I think there was like uh, we was we were all debating on the show. I think we were, we were like, is that Byzantine? Yeah, I mean, like, what are it, we looking at? It's there? just like you know, they took an, a year off to really try and work the engine, um, and they kind of let the movie come out instead. Um, and that died, but it was um, it was something that 
when it was shown at E3, I feel like it got a lot of positive reception because people were like, oh, cool, I'm ready to go back to Assassin's Creed. I had my kind of time away from it. It's kind of like the Call of Duties now where it's like you see Call of Duty, you get it every single year, and people, you have those people that buy every single version of it. Like, But I am more so somebody that will be like, hey, this is the year I jump into yeah, Call, Call of Duty. Call of Duty this is, World War II, I think, is getting... Huge reception because people are ready to go back to a yeah. World War II style Call of Duty. Totally. And like same was said a couple years ago when I think like Advanced Warfare came out. They were like, that looks different. I'm ready to come back to Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. It's uh, And, you know, you pick and choose. But um, with this one, a lot of people, inc- myself included, were like, yes, this is, Assassin's Creed looks really good. Um, and it seems like it adds a lot of RPG elements, which is different for the series, and not just like getting different armor, but like stats. Like the, yeah, the numbers. way the way that this game, um, like approaches RPG, is is more like I, I'm not going to say Dark Souls because that immediately triggers in people's brains this like difficulty level that's insane or, well, or something along. Yeah, those like percentages and shit that, but. Um, it plays a lot like a game where you have to do the RPG side quest elements in order to move to a new section mm-hmm. um, competently. Okay. You know, you're you're not going to be able to move to... I, I tried. Right in the beginning, I load into the game. I'm in the first world. It's called Siwa. And uh, first uh, section of the map, which, by the way, is huge. I I saw the map last night. It looks insanely huge. The surface area of Siwa seems as big as the one map in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Mm. Like the the map of London. Right. Not as densely populated, obviously. Right. Syndicate seemed a little bit more vertical just because of, like, the tools you had available for that. Yeah, um, yeah, and you're shooting up on top of uh, buildings in London. But I don't know. When I get later in the game and I get to the pyramids... I think I'm going to yeah. learn how vertical this game can actually get. Yeah. Um, but but I get into Siwa, and I immediately start into the game, and they give me my first quest, and they tell me that the guy I have to face is level five, and I'm level one. Okay. And I say, I got him. Right? So you got so it. So headlong, like an idiot, rushing into a storm, I go rushing in to fight this guy. And, and he him. has like two or three bodyguards. Okay. No, I didn't get him. Yeah. No, I got my ass fucking disappointment. Fucking, I got, Felix. I, God I got my damn ass it. kicked. He beat the shit out of me, dude. Like, I died over and over again trying to kill this dude. And I can't do it. I couldn't do it. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the. Uh, I didn't have the damage output. You know what? What do they call it? DPS. Yeah, DPS. I, did, I didn't have a DPS going. <laughs> okay. That was that was decent. Now, with this character, because. Honestly, I don't care much for the Abstergo kind of timeline, the current timeline in these games. I actually get more invested in what's going on in Yeah, you're the, like me. In you're, more inter- you're more interested in the history. Yeah, so like... Um, you like want to be in the world. Like, things like Ezio's storyline from Assassin's Creed 2 into Fascinating. Very great. Like, started off as this little punk-nosed asshole and developed into, like, a very, like, traumatic figure that dealt with a lot of shit. I mean, you um, you, you watch him being born, and then you play yeah, that that's, game that's until, until he dies at the Forgot age of 49. That. You get to play as a baby. <laughs> yeah, you get to play as him from zero to 49. Fuck yeah. It's insane. Um, but with that being said, you are not starting off with a character that is not an assassin, correct? He's already an assassin in the beginning of the game? There's or? nothing... there When the... Game begins, there's no concept of Assassin Brotherhood. Okay. There's no nothing. He's just a guy who's doing his thing. Interesting. And the things he's doing echo 
of the Assassin's mm. Brotherhood that you've experienced in previous games. Gotcha. You're like, you see, what's really cool is you're seeing it build. So he's like this cool kind of Seattle kind of punk guy that's making music. Yeah, and he's everybody's like, like oh, like I, this is what type of style music this is. And this he's is, like, whatever you want to call it. It's not a label, dude. <laughs> this is definitely the hipster okay. of the Assassin's Brotherhood. Oh, shit, he was doing it before everybody he else. He was doing it before everyone else. But yeah, you, you start off, you don't, I mean, it's not like he has assassin blades that he's rocking. I don't even know if you're ever going to have an official assassin blade. blade, the hidden mm. blade that we've seen in all the games. Maybe toward the end, I haven't got that far, so I don't yeah. even know. Um, he doesn't even really have a short-edged weapon like a dagger, I mean, that I've found. Okay. I mean, I think you can unlock all these things as you go along. But... Yeah, I've seen like like kind of like bow staffs and stuff but like that. But starting off, you have something. Let's talk about combat just for a second. Yeah, because combat's very different, right? Starting off, yeah, and there's been been ample of amount of critics complaining about the combat, but you're going to be right at home, and I'm so glad you brought up what you brought up at the beginning of this episode because you're going to be right at home with the combat style because you know what it reeks of? Those, Bloodborne, because the uh, they've mapped the combat like the attack buttons to the R one and no, I know. well they okay. did, yeah. they mapped it to that, but they, there's a there's a button for locking. Oh, so you can lock to your enemy and then fight them with the same buttons you would use similar to the Dark Souls game. So I think they, I don't think they're trying to create a Souls style game. They're just trying to make combat more intimate. Would you say uh, maybe? I mean the 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 combat that you had in the previous game you were very godlike. You yeah. you would go in and you'd have the hidden blade and if you got if a person got in certain range of you it was an instant kill. You just pressed a button, boom, dead. Yeah. Right? That doesn't exist anymore. Like you have to defend with a shield. You have mm-hmm. a shield and then you have uh, potentially a sword or you have a, a heavy blunt object that smashes down like a hammer. Okay. Um and these are some of the weapons that I've I've met so far. Right. And then you immediately start off, like, one of the first things you unlock is a bow. And there's multiple types of bows. There's four different types of bows that you can rock. You can rock, like, a rapid-fire bow, where you fire a lot of lighter arrows. It's called a light bow. And you fire a lot of light arrows at a a quick, rapid succession, really fucking pounding people with it. It's great. And then you have the hunter bow, where you draw back. And the more you draw back, the more damage you put. That's cool. And then there's another one uh, called a warrior bow where you fire three or four arrows at once, almost like a shotgun spread. Gotcha. And if you try and do that at a great distance, it does nothing. Hmm. Um, and then the, the fourth bow is called a predator bow, and I haven't even determined what that does. Maybe it's just high D- DPS damage output. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, there's upgrading your weapons. Like if right. you want a certain weapon, you want to keep it. Um, one of the cool things when uh, you pre-order the game, you get a set of armor. And it's crazy because normally when you pre-order a game and get a set of armor, it's just some shit you throw away in like the first 10 minutes of playing mm, the game. I disagree. I think that sometimes it's either shit or it's extremely overpowered and that actually deters me from wanting to use it. The it's- o- no, it's not overpowered, but but it has a cool perk. Okay. And the cool perk that you get with the, both the shield and the, the sword that you get, I can't even remember the name of it, but is that it just it dispels poison as you're... Hacking, hacking people. With. I assume that's important. And poison's a huge perk because somebody can die. Like you hack them a couple times, they'll die. You know, seconds later from the poison effects. Mm. Um, so it's a weapon that I want to keep, and I want to go in and I want to upgrade it and make it better and better and keep yeah. it with me through the journey. Not that I can really get rid of it because yeah. you can't sell it. Uh, any of these uh, weapons over a certain um, 
you know, they do, they use the the classic model of like blue and purple and gold. Right. Yeah, that kind of and like a... I haven't found a way to get rid of purple or gold weapons. They stay in your inventory. Mm, I'm I sure there's I something. Don't, I don't think I could I might be able to sell them, but they don't show up when break I break them down. I don't is there like any No, you, know, you can't of, even break them down. There's no like crafting elements to it. There or? is. Yeah. yeah. I can break down all blue all the blue weapons that I get, I can break down all the blue armor I can, I get, okay. I can break down, but for some reason the purple and gold I can't do anything with. So they're okay. just in my inventory. So you're going to keep going. I'm going to keep going with it. Um there's a lot to do in the game. I in two days, I haven't even, I just, today's stream, I just left the first section. And there's mm-hmm. like 15 or 16 sections of the game that are in equal size. Mm. Um, I just got, I haven't even got to a major city. The first major city in the storyline that I'm going to be getting to is Alexandria. So right. I can't wait to, to try it out and, and check it out. But it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a long journey playing this game. So. Let me know when you get to surf down a pyramid. Oh yeah, that's going to be awesome. I well, I already thing. know I already know how to do sliding like that, which okay. is really cool. Cool. That's Don't a great mechanic that they added in. Um, they also have an, a new mechanic for um, searching an area. So you, when you walk into an area, what you've always had is your assassin, assassin's vision. Right. You know, you go in like a eagle vision is what it's called. Now you literally get an eagle. You now, right? literally have, I don't know if it's an eagle or a falcon or a hawk or something, but you literally have bird vision. Okay. Um, a bird flies up and you fly the bird around. Like and, a drone. Right. Almost like a drone. And you can focus the drone in on um, uh, targets, you know, enemies that you need to kill in an area before you even go in there. Cool. But the coolest thing I found is you can also use the bird to search for treasure mm-hmm. and you can do this through walls so the bird if it's flying above knows that there's treasure in like a, a house i mean it's okay. not not cool. very realistic but right but it kind of plays into this idea that you can kind of plan out your next move you can kind of get to an area yeah. where it's like oh hitting there's enemies here i want to determine who we got oh but this treasure's off to the side maybe i can sneak over there without alerting anybody like Really, kind of gives you a uh, more. The biggest benefit to that is it, it, the bird will tell you their power level. Oh, okay. So, so if yeah. you're level seven and you're looking at dudes that are like level ten or eleven, you can avoid it. Yeah, you know that's cool. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, this game takes all of the best features. This was developed by the studio, whatever studio that is at Ubisoft, that developed Black Flag. Yeah. If you enjoy Black Flag, this game took. All the features from all the previous Assassin's Creed games that were great, and they packed them all in and, well, and made it a really well put together, real tight yeah. game. So. Black Flag played great. I feel like the story ran a little too long, but like uh, it was super fun. And by the end of it, like the main character, he went through a lot. It was actually really sad at the end, like all the shit he had to deal with. But yeah, uh, I'm really interested. I'll end up picking it up eventually. Uh, another um, thing they're doing, speaking of story, is. Um, you know how in the previous Assassin's Creeds, if you assassinated somebody, you would assassinate him and would do a quick cutscene. Yes. And where the guy would like prance about something, he'd go on and on about some. Oh, you guys have this like super intimate moment where yeah. you're like, so like this is like the last thing you're ever gonna get to say because you're dying. So like, what do you want to say to me? He's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's oh, like, you're like, never gonna get me again. It's like, but I like, did get yeah, you. I know. You're dead. Yeah, I know. You're totally dead. <laughs> but your life is gonna be rotten. You know. And they oh, usually thanks. they usually <laughs> preach on about some bullshit. Well, the cool thing is they changed all that. Good. When you kill somebody, you see a flashback of your own experience with that guy where you play oh. as the character. So it flashed back. To the first guy I killed. It flashed me back to 
when he first like became uh, a target of mine, the moment that made him my target. Right. So, and I hope they keep this up. I hope they like all the subsequent bosses that I fight. Mm -hmm. I hope it, I hope it takes me down a journey of discovering why this person, why this person needs to be assassinated. And I hope as it goes, it it builds the whole narrative of the Assassin's Creed uh, brotherhood as we go. That's a cool thing. Like um, when you, uh, as a side note, like, Neo would do something similar, like uh, when you killed human bosses. We're not talking about Neo from the show. We're yeah, talking no. Ni- Neo. Fuck that guy. Neo. We're done with him. Just kidding, Neo. Um, How you doing, Neo? <laughs> um, Neo, when you would beat human bosses in the game, you would get their guardian spirit, which is kind of like it's an animal that you could use in combat, like a kind of like an elemental damage buff. Yeah. That, um, but when you would get it, it would tell you all about their past and their story and why they kind of led the road that they did. It was super cool and detailed and done in like this ink drawing kind of like a uh, art style. So like very similar where it was like you kill them and then you get to find out like who they are, why they did. The but things do you they did. do you play out? No, you don't. It's just like a quick cut scene. But, you know. Finding out details. Same idea. About it's cool. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. this I was surprised that you could actually go through and play that part as, as if it's a, a yeah. new story element, like a new quest or whatever. Sweet. That's pretty cool. That's cool. But all in all, I'm pretty happy, and I hope to continue playing it more. I um, am excited to hear more about the antics in Egypt. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen a pyramid, and I have it's not okay. slid down one yet. you got to find some, some tombs. Dig up them bones. Oh, yeah, 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 I will. Cool. Wait, is that a reference? to? I don't know. I'm that's just... an Alice in Chains reference. Is it? Yeah. I'm not trying to make an Alice in Chains reference. How did you? I don't know. You didn't know to do that? No. I saw Alice in Chains one time. Did you? Yeah, but like with the new singer, like the dude with the afro. He's I... actually really accurate. I like his voice. Yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. just like it, but. Yeah, he was a good dude. Yeah. Um. So you had a chance to play, what was it called? Hidden Agenda? Hidden Agenda. This is a game. Uh, explain all of this. You got to explain cool. what PlayLink is, though, first. Sure, yeah. So um, uh, I believe at E3, um, Sony came out and they were kind of introducing this concept of PlayLink. It's a way of kind of um, using your smartphone to interact and play games on your PlayStation 4. So what you do is... Uh, everybody in the room, like anywhere from two to six players from what I've seen, uh, you all connect to your Wi-Fi network and then you kind of host a little LAN party uh, that connects to the game from the PS4. Oh, wow. So as long as everything's on the same Wi-Fi network, everybody can play. You just download a free app for whatever game. Do you just uses need your phones or do you need controllers as well? No, you just need a phone. You don't need a controller. So there's a couple games out at the moment that use PlayLink, um, but the whole idea is that you're all experiencing and making decisions and kind of you know, interacting with one another with your smartphone. Uh, so you download a free app and you do that. Um, the game that I had the chance to play last night was Hidden Agenda, which is a game by Supermassive um, Games, and they are the guys that gave us Until Dawn, uh, a great game on PS4. Such, I've heard of that. Such a sleeper hit. Like, I I love that game. It is basically like a teen slasher movie. Where, Not zombies. No. Uh, it is a teen slasher movie with kind of uh, supernatural elements to it that um, is this concept where you are making choices kind of like heavy rain style uh, where you kind of say like, Oh, is my character going to go down this like pathway or are they going to kind of stay inside and like not risk getting hurt? Kind of things like this Um, consequences to your actions, everything kind of ripples and like there's a butterfly effect to everything you do. If you, 
interact with one character, they may act a certain way to another character because of what you said to them. Um, and it was such a great game uh, where you would... You played it. Yeah, it was great. It, the whole hook of it was everybody can live and everybody can die, but it all really depends on how you play the game. So everybody's experience with Until Dawn was very unique. Uh, it all depended on your choices. So I finished the game with like out of the eight kids in the game that you get to start with uh, in like this kind of cabin in the woods kind of vibe. Uh, I think I finished with like three survivors, but wow. I could have made it with all of them. They could have all died and the game ended sooner. It's very unique and it is a game I recommend everybody to play. I think it wow. was free on PlayStation plus a few months ago, um, but worth a check out for anybody. But one of the things that Supermassive games had recognized when that game came out was it had a huge audience on Twitch because what would happen is people would stream it and the Twitch chats would go crazy. They'd be like, Oh, do this, do this. Everybody would be screaming like what the person playing the game should do. Is there a time limit to do it? There would be, you'd get moments where you have to decide, but yes, in like really, how does that work? How how well did that work with the latency? I mean, it's people kind of shouting like, you know, they're not paying attention to it, but they saw the reaction people had to playing this game. Uh, they had a demo uh, a few years ago uh, at a Sony conference, and the crowd was shouting like, oh, do this, do that, because uh, one of the main characters was running down a hallway, and they're being chased by somebody, and it's like, oh, hide or keep running. And like people are like, hide, hide. And then like you know, majority, whoever screamed loudest in the audience during the demo, that's what the person playing the game did. Um, so it was, a very, it was a very interactive demo, but... They should do that in movie theaters. That would be cool. Um, but... They kind of took this uh, concept that they saw where people were shouting out uh, and saying like, oh, this is a really interesting idea. We should have more interaction in a game like this. Uh, And that's where Hidden Agenda kind of comes in. The whole idea is uh, it's about a serial killer that will kind of stage a murder uh, and he sets a bunch of traps for the first responders of the murder. So whoever's coming in or like maybe some cops that got a 911 call to come investigate, there's a ton of traps laid out to try and kill that person. Um, so the element of the game that comes in with the smartphone is everybody connects uh, to the Wi-Fi and they start playing. And you don't use a PlayStation controller at all. It just navigates the start menu. Uh, and you download the app. And it gives you all of this intel as to what's going on in the story. The story plays out in front of you. It's not like Until Dawn where you have direct control over a character. You're watching a story unfold. and Kind of like a Telltale game. Yeah. And like you're getting one of two options every time. It's a lot like a Telltale game. So what you end up doing is as the story progresses, you're getting information notifications on your phone in the app. It'll say like, oh, this character's bio just got updated. You just learned this piece of evidence. So you can kind of go back and honestly like see what's going on in the story. If you forget anything or if you want more information about a character you just learned about. Um, But at the same time, you're competing with the people that you're playing with. So I ended up playing with six people um, and we all downloaded the app. And what happens is at the beginning of each act or scenario that's presented to you in the story, um, everybody gets a card on their phone and the card is a hidden agenda. Um, Everybody gets a hidden agenda. So you each get a card, not just one person. Only one person will get the hidden agenda. Oh, one person gets. So what happens is the card comes onto your phone and you flip it. And then it says, you have the hidden agenda. This is what you're supposed to do in this act. Or it says, you did not get the hidden agenda. Try and figure out who did it. 
So everybody turns their cards over and then the game says, okay, everybody got their, you know, their card. We're going to move on. So whoever has the hidden agenda, they're using mind games to try and fuck with people in the group. It's like, oh, I think we should answer this way because oh this character is interacting a certain oh way. And everyone's like, okay, let's do that. Cause it's majority rule in these uh, interactions. Like if a character has to decide if they want to talk, well, you gotta have to, to you have to have a pretty good fucking poker oh face. Oh my dude. god, yes. Because so if like, because if you're fucking uh, sniggering or acting like a fucking yeah. dick. But here's the thing: um, as the game goes on, you'll like look at an area and like it'll be kind of interactive where it'll say, "Oh, this is an investigation scene or a crime scene," and everybody can quickly. Are all four of the characters cops? Uh, well. There's a whole story going out, but like you're basically just interacting with the environment. Uh, so you have a main character that is talking through the narrative of the story, and everybody's using their touchscreen to pick what they say. So there's two things that they could potentially say, and everybody's saying, "Oh yeah, I like you know the more calm approach," or "No, we should be more." Oh, violent. okay, okay. So, so so it's like there's four options for how this person should read. There's two options. Yeah, there's two, two options, options and, and then everyone's essentially voting. Yeah, and voting, and they're. There cannot be a stalemate. There always has to be a definitive answer. Um, but well, what, how does that work if you're playing with with, with six four, people. four people or yeah, six people? Si- uh, you guys have to make oh, a call. You gotta me. you gotta convince people. So what ends up happening is you can even get these things called takeover cards. You get them by either completing your hidden agendas uh, in prior sections or by interacting with the environment. Because sometimes you'll be asked to look for certain things really quickly, and the first person that does it. Uh, is able to get a takeover card. What a takeover card lets you do is make the decision for everyone. Make the decision for everybody. <laughs> so what will happen is this was a really cool instance of what happened very early in the story when we were playing. So I had gotten a hidden agenda in the second section of the game. And my agenda was you have to stop the serial killer's court case uh, going through the judge. We need more time. So basically, I have to convince everybody in the group without letting them know that I have a hidden agenda so that I can get more points and win um, that, no, we need to investigate this on our own as the detective. Like, we cannot just take this to court. We have to investigate it more. So it's playing out. I'm like kind of, you know, trying to keep a straight face. And I'm like, oh, we should probably do this, like uh, do this. And then all of a sudden, there's people in the group that are not playing. Like we had a pretty big group. Um, Big party? Yeah. And like, we're all just joking around. We're listening to the story. Um, And somebody's like, Sean's being real quiet. I think it's him. And it's like, go fuck yourself, dude. It's not me. And in my head, I'm like, holy fuck, he knows it's me. (laughs) um, And, you know, we're going through it and we're making decisions. And then the game kind of flags you at some point. It'll be like, you need to listen really closely because you're going to have to pick who has the hidden agenda soon. Because you have to vote. A card will come up with everybody's name, and you have to say, who has the hidden agenda? And you swipe up. So I'll say, oh, yeah, Sam has the hidden agenda. Chad has the hidden agenda, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you're voting. And if you have the hidden agenda, then you're just voting on somebody else to kind of pin the blame. So uh, what will happen is everybody will vote, and then it'll say, majority of the votes say this person has the hidden agenda. We'll tell you who has the hidden agenda in a little bit from now. So you're trying to complete your hidden agenda while also not seeming suspicious uh, so that you get the most points. Because if you get it successfully, you get more points. It's really just like, oh, like bragging rights, who gets the most points? Because it's a competitive mode that you can play in. Yeah, it's fun. So I had this instance where we're at the court scene and we're talking to the judge 
And they're like, I really don't think that, uh, well, he's like, well, what should we do? Like, what do you want to do? And the choices are, I need, like, I think I can talk to him. Like, I think I can get some more information or I think it's up to you. I think you got to make this call. And everybody voted and the timer's going. It's like, all right, I guess this is what we're going to pick. Boom. Hit my takeover card. Went to talk. Boom. Somebody else had a takeover card. Took my takeover. And I'm like, no. And then they're like, you're the hidden agenda. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. And then they flipped the opposite. So I did not complete my hidden agenda uh. because they saw my reaction and immediately just canceled me out. And I was like, fuck, you can take takeover cards. That's crazy. Um, because but, it's turn-based. Uh, it's not. It's like reactive. So everything's happening at once. But you have a little icon at the top of your screen that tells you like, so hey, you, you hit have a your card. takeover card. Yes, I hit my. Takeover and then card. that person saw your reaction and hit their takeover. What happens card. is you'll hit the takeover card and then the card comes up on the screen and says, Sean has taken control of the argument. And then like it'll be things like that. But the, the only reason that situation happened is because you both got takeover cards. Right, exactly. Because normally yeah. it would be just one person got it and then Yeah. So like what happens is like everybody gets one takeover card at the beginning, but there's so many options when you're talking. Like you can do it at any point. I've hit them a few times where just by accident I was like, oh I didn't I didn't mean to hit that actually. But um there was like a very vigorous moment in the very beginning where we were trying to figure out who had to hit an agenda. Everybody used their takeover cards because it was just mass chaos. Like I hit it and then somebody else hit it and then this guy hit it. And then it all was like, Oh shit, we all used our takeover cards. So then in the next chapter, it was all mind games. It was like, it was like, who is it? Who's got it this time? We can't do takeover cards. Like we are literally trying to outsmart one another I got the next hidden agenda. You did. So I got it twice in a row <laughs> and motherfucker, I got my hidden agenda. You got it. Yep. I was supposed to divert someone's attention from talking to this girl and I was able to do it. And everybody's like, fuck, it was him again. That sounds really cool. Uh, what now besides this style of game, what other, what other applications of this, of this mechanic, what other types of games could play use wing? this? Yeah. So um, there is another one right now. It's called like That's You. Uh, it's more of a like a, a very eccentric party mode uh, kind of game. Whereas like Hidden Agenda feels like a party game. Like it's a thriller and like there's a drama. and like, It's like Clue. Kind of. But like uh, it feels like a Saw movie a little bit without all the bullshit. <laughs> oh, it's really? like, yeah, like you're not seeing these gritty murders like really take place so much. But like you're making really hard decisions. Like there was a moment in the beginning of the game where like we had to save our cop partner or we had to save the victim like it was like and you there's a timer going we're like oh fuck like which are we gonna do we ended up saving the cop but like it was not an easy choice we were all kind of like i would have saved yeah, the cop yeah like fuck it. it's but, my uh, partner yeah fuck so like victim um <laughs> but there's another game where like you guys are kind of interacting talking uh like you know, it's like, oh, who's the craziest? Who would be the person in the group to go skinny dipping? That's like that game, That's You, that I'm talking about, where it's like, oh, you're just kind of like playing around. It's like very like carefree, like whatever. Like you're joking around with people while you play it. It's not like so much like what is happening on the screen, like minute to minute gameplay. It's like you guys are interacting with one another while you're playing a game. It feels like a board game, but on the screen. It's really cool. Did you, uh, did you download it? Do you have it? 
Uh, yeah, it's free right now, I think, still. It's been free for a few months on PS Plus, so if anybody is, still wants to check it out, it is a cool entryway. If you ever just get, like, three or four people in a room and you guys want to see, like, what PlayLink is all about, there was another game shown at Paris Games Week. I, th- I forget what it's called. I think it's called, like, Emily or something, but it's all um, full-motion video, um, but it is also PlayLink where you're making these decisions with groups of people, um, just not to the depth of hidden agenda this one's way more like kind of like um a little bit more toned back on a thriller scale scale it's way more just about one person but all full motion video really interesting now what do you think you think this would um think this would present well on our my my stream possibly i mean i think it is stream worthy if you have you know the people with you because you have it's a mo- multiplayer game at heart you are playing with multiple so, people at the so same if time. we were to set up the stream we'd want to have like two seats and then maybe a couple seats behind yeah so that you guys can kind of like and, uh, and try and invite over at yeah. least may- maybe all of emerging gamer or something that'd be cool yeah i think it's totally worth it um but um really high quality like in hidden agenda surprisingly high level of polish um it like it was twenty dollars and i can't wait to play again like we all got to like a certain part in the game and we checked how much time we had left there was so many more decisions to make we were kind of taken aback so we were like all right we're gonna have to play this again later um but great i i'm i loved my experience with it and i am really excited to get a chance to play it again is um is detroit become human is that going to have PlayLink? No, it is you know? not. That is purely like Heavy Rain and the original Until Dawn, where your your character, you have them in control of this one character at a time, and the decisions are placed in front of you, and you are just doing them. The hook of Hidden Agenda is the PlayLink feature. I did have the opportunity to try and play by myself, but that is literally just me making a decision every so often while the story just like, it's me literally just watching a story happen and then making a decision every so often. Yeah, that, where's the fun in that? There's not, unless you really want to just see what the narrative plays out. Yeah. As. I mean, that's kind of so, like just playing a telltale telltale yeah, game. Exactly. I, I enjoy telltale games to an extent. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's like, that's not the hook of that game for me. Um, this game is meant to be played with people and it feels awesome. It is, uh, it's, it's fucking great. I can't wait to play it again. Cool. Fucking dope. Cool. I think we had a couple of news points we yeah, wanted to talk about. Nothing too crazy with news. Um, I mean, what what were the couple that were on there? I can't even. Yeah, remember. so like there Rat- was, rattle them off real quick, and then we'll go through. We them. We got the Xbox One X. Oh uh, yeah, yeah talking about that. Yeah, BlizzCon happened. Oh, BlizzCon. Yeah, yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh, BlizzCon, I guess. First, just get that out of the way. Yeah, no but, problem. Um, but with BlizzCon, uh, it just passed uh, last Saturday. Um, you know, some somewhat decently big announcements depending on what type of games you like um and if you like blizzard games in general um starcraft uh starcraft 2 specifically uh they kind of opened up and said that starcraft 2 is going free to play uh which is interesting um so that's the newest one that is the newest of the starcraft games but starcraft 2 came out in like i think 2010 uh so it's a seven-year-old game oh no shit but uh, yeah, with still uh, like still twenty dollars, but now it is uh, officially on November fourteenth. It'll go free to play for its full Wings of Liberty campaign. So that's kind of interesting. It got me to download it. I will definitely play it for free because I'm bad at those games like RTSs, and uh, 
I like to play them casually, like very casual. So I, uh, I just, uh, yeah. I fucked around with the uh, company of heroes too the other night. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, like kind of like, it's not the same as like something like Civ, um, or like age of no. empires, but like way more Twitch reflexy. And, no, like, you're, you're Mike, you're Mike in, um, micro- company of heroes, you're Mike micromanaging yeah. units. Yeah. And like you got your Unit macros management. and stuff, but like, uh, It'll be cool to see how that works. I don't think that's def- that's necessarily what StarCraft needs right now because I think that game has a bit of a an identity crisis because um, it's old and like it's not a game that a bunch of pros really play too much of anymore. It is a very specific audience, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I I don't think that that's true in South Korea, right? They do like it, but I thought they have. Like stadium original StarCraft. Oh, original StarCraft. Yeah. And I believe StarCraft two probably had like a huge following, but it's just not something that is kept up in the same way the original StarCraft had. Like that still appeal. competed professionally. I believe so. Like wow. people still are diehard for the original. The second one did not really have too much of an impact the way that the first one did, as far as its lasting appeal. Um, but there's still the campaigns. If for whatever reason you play this for free and you like it, you can still download the two expansions for. Um, Starcraft 2, which you would pay for. There's Heart of the Swarm, where you play as a Zerg, and then there's uh, Legacy of the Void, where you play as the Protoss, the different races in the game. Um, so, yeah. Do you think we should explain to audience people who might not know what RTS means? RTS is just real time strategy. So, you yeah. are managing your units. If you've ever played something like Halo Wars or Age of Empires, you're getting that top down view where you're seeing your units. And it's almost like you're the general. Yeah, you're kind of, of the that general army. Um, you're making units, you're gathering resources to build new bases and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll play it. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, oh, you do play those? No, I'm, I'm going to play StarCraft 2 when it officially goes free to play on November 14th. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's free. Um, outside of that... Uh, well, Warcraft got the, the Battle of what? Battle Azeroth? Of, yep, Battle of Azeroth. So uh, Warcraft actually got two things. It got Battle of Azeroth, which is its new expansion, uh, which will kind of just be more content, you know, lo- level increase from its current cap. I think it's 110 now. It'll go to 120. Um, some new races. People like their races in that game, like the pandas and shit. <laughs> the what? Oil, what? The, the pandas? Oils. There's pandas. The Pandarians. Are, the Pandarians? Yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, but, you know, it's like new races, um, like leveling, like zoning. So like um, levels, like it's more fun to play in different regions. You don't have to be locked out to a certain area because it's just low level enemies. Um, that's like a big thing for some people because some people like to explore the whole world. They don't want to be just centered to one location. So that's going away. Uh, yeah, so like now it'll be a little bit better for scaling um, so that people can actually kind of go to different regions that are probably for like lower level characters that they still find a challenge there. Is that following suit to Elder Scrolls Online who I just did that? I don't know necessarily. They but did I, one Tamriel where you can just go anywhere. Well, maybe. Um, and but, it does it does like a it levels you to anyone in your party who can go to. to uh, can, I'm not certain, but I just know it's something that seems to be. Uh, a request by some fans, but bigger, maybe bigger. Um, Blizzard has decided to do vanilla servers for a while. Um, basically, classic servers. They're calling it World of Warcraft uh, Classic Edition. So that whole concept is the OG version of World of Warcraft with the original skill tree and the leveling progression and just none of the expansions included, like 1 to 50, that is getting its own dedicated server crafted 
by Blizzard. Um, because a lot of things over the course of the last year, especially and in the past, um, fans would make original servers and they would get shut down by Blizzard because they did not own the rights to World of Warcraft. Right. So as an outcry by so many people getting mad at Blizzard for shutting these servers down all the time, they were like, listen, we don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but we're going to do classic servers because we know you guys want them that much. Who knows if we ever end up getting them? I think it would be interesting to see that. How, the thing that I don't understand how how do they do it? How do they make a, the game strip away the features to make the game play like it originally did? Well, is that are they hacking it? They're not hacking it, but they're kind of going back into the old code and kind of looking at the design of it and. They are taking things away and they don't know exactly how they're going to do it. They are saying they're going to do it, but you know, there are ways to kind of get around it. They made the game. So they have all the source code. No, no, I'm work. talking, I'm not talking about the blizzard. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm talking about the people who make oh, these classics. I'm not certain, honestly, Fuck are they doing that? I don't know. People are crazy like that though. They can do shit like that. Get in there. Yeah. Hack the code. Hack the code. They hijacked our fucking game. They're taking all the gnomes. The gnomes. They're taking the gnomes. Not the gnomes. Not the gnomes. The Pandarians are next. Yeah, the Pandarians. Pandarians. Fuck the Pandarians. Um, (laughs) So that happened in World of Warcraft, but whatever. Um, Outside of that, Overwatch got a new support character and a new map. Um, You still playing that? Yeah, I play it. Um, So I get frustrated. Like Overwatch has some of the most satisfying moments when I play it, but also some of the most frustrating moments. Um, but I will jump on every so often when they have like an event going on for new skins or like a new character comes out. Their newest character, it's a new support character. Her name is Moira. Yeah, yeah, I heard yeah, about her. Yeah, she's like kind of like an androgynous scientist who uh, is a support character and she's got like uh, these interesting abilities where she can kind of heal characters and deal damage to enemies at the same time because uh, she has different uh, like outputs in her hands. Like one is for healing, the other's for damage. Uh, it's kind of like Zenyatta, who is uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Of, yeah, so um, but she has different abilities in her kit for like teleporting, kind of. Um, she seems interesting. She went live on the PTR, which is the public test re- uh, realm. Yeah, uh, for anybody to really try out. Uh, That's only on PC, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, until yeah, so there won't be one on consoles. It's just not something they have an interest in doing, but um. She plays interesting. Um, I don't really see how she's more viable than the supports we have right now. Um, But, you know, all the same. It's cool to get new characters in that game. She actually has a skin uh, that looks just like Ziggy Stardust. Like, it is straight Bowie. Oh, Uh, wow. It's called Glam. She's got, like, blue hair pushed back, and she has a star on her face. Um, So it's really cool looking. Um, But, you know, we'll see. You know, it's weird when these characters come out um, because... They uh, they start getting in the meta and the competitive scene of Overwatch, and that's when they really start to be putting to the test where people are like, oh, this character sucks, or like, this character needs a buff, like, this is not working, or, oh, this character's a little too overpowered, like, this is kind of bad. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting when she officially launches at some point, I imagine, later this month or next month. What's the name of that character that's a sniper that shoots healing? Uh, Anna. Anna. Do you play as her? I love Anna. Anna's cool. Yeah. Um, she's like, you know, older woman. She's the mother of uh, Farah, the one with the rocket. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, The yeah, jetpack yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, but outside of that, the new map that they showed for Overwatch, it's so cool. It's like Disneyland. It's called Blizzard World. 
<laughs> and the whole theme is an amusement park you mean like, for Blizzard. Like Dismaland. Basically. So if you want to call it that, I guess. <laughs> so like you got things like there will be like the front entrance is like a Hearthstone tavern to go down and play stuff. Um, there will be like uh, kind of like Starcraft roller coaster, uh, things like this, like where it's uh, kind of mixing all these elements of Blizzard's past. Uh, the Lost and Found section is called the Lost and Found Vikings. Uh, so like they do like cool stuff like that. One of the uh, the snack bars called Snacks Ramus. It's making fun of one of the raids in World of Warcraft. It's like cool stuff like that. So it does. It's doing. It's both hybrid assault and payload. I believe so. Um, yeah. So that'll be interesting when that officially comes out. I'm more excited for the map honestly than I am Moira because um, the map looks cool. Uh, they put a lot of polish into the maps. So well, they new, put a bunch ca- of new little... characters coming into Overwatch, as I understand it, always fuck the meta up. It doesn't fuck the meta up. It's just kind of like, oh, like, where does this person fit into the meta? It's like, you know, when Sombra came out, Anna kind of is the only exception. Anna came out and she was really interesting and she shook the meta up and it was like, whoa, this character's good. But things like Sombra coming out or Arisa, Doomfist, these characters came out. All of these characters outside of Anna uh, have come out and when they're released, it's like they have that first week where everybody's playing them and then after that, it's like, they're not that good. Like the original characters are where it's at, but like these characters just kind of don't fit in. And then weeks later when they get the buffs they need to actually make them viable, that's when people are like, okay, cool. Cause if blizzard can't, you yeah, know, I, re- I remember people bitching about it, Anna. It's very, it's very hard to like make a brand new character for the base format of how a game plays. And then you introduce that into a multiplayer mode where it's like, everybody's unique and this character has to be unique now and they can't, counterbalance other characters so like moira coming out where she can turn invisible and like literally heal multiple people or damage people at the same time she's countered really hard by torbjorn because torbjorn can just set up a turret and kill her um but again you know it'll take time for her to really find her place and you know there's a there's never a character that comes out and is just left unchanged they all have gotten their own buffs and nerfs respectively um outside of that uh, Hearthstone got a new expansion. Oh, yeah. You have much to talk about. Oh, my God. You're excited? Kobolds and catacombs. I don't even understand what that means. I know what you don't kobold- need to know what it means. I know what kobolds are. What are kobolds? Uh, they're kind of like goblins. Kind of, yeah. They have candles on their head. They're kind of like mouse goblins. And uh, they have little candles on their heads. fucking game I used to play years ago that had kobolds in it. I would imagine it? it's something in Warcraft. Nah. I never played uh, oh, Warcraft. It's a World of Warcraft thing. Um at any rate, the whole theme of it is kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, where you're going through these. Well, that's where Cobalt. I, I first heard mm. of Cobalt's Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, uh, but yeah, you're going through like these uh, mines, and you're like gathering treasure and fighting monsters and stuff. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting. It's getting its own mode called like I think it's called Dungeon Mode, uh, where or Dungeon Run, where you basically start off at level one and you get a really shitty like 10 card deck and the more enemies you kill the more cards you get put into your deck but if you lose you lose everything and you have to start over and that's a free mode um but it's an expansion that will be for packs it's not like the adventures where you just get a whole set you will have to buy packs again Uh, but it looks cool i'm really excited to see it uh kind of unfold some of the cards look really crazy um but we'll we'll see Hearthstone, it's always fun. I have my moments where I stop playing altogether because I get frustrated by the randomness, but then I usually come back because there's there's a lot of polish in that game. Um, Kobolds have a wiki 
a wiki. You can go to the Cobalt wiki. I'm not going to do that. Not right now. I can't remember what they were. What was it years ago? Let's take a trip down memory lane with. No, it was just like a fucking some game or some shit where there were Cobalts. And I can't remember. What like, were you doing in it? I don't fucking know, dude. Like, you don't know? You were digging into Felix Hergood's childhood at this point. Oh, man. And I don't remember what it was. We're going into them repressed memories right now. No, it's not repressed. It's something <laughs> that I forgot. It's the worst kind of uh, fucking... What the... Cobalt? <laughs> Cobalt. That's... What? What the fuck? We're going to be okay. All right. We're going to be okay. We'll try and remember that later. We're not going to remember it later. We're not going to know why. I was thinking of Cobalt. Uh, I think outside of that, there wasn't much else. Uh, the one thing, um, kind of like on an ender, there was nothing from Diablo. Diablo got nothing at BlizzCon. No? Uh, yep. They were just kind of like, yeah, um, Diablo. We have nothing to talk about. A hearth, uh, Heroes of the Storm got two characters, which is like their uh, their MOBA. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got Alex Drassa, which is kind of like a, uh, a spellcaster who can turn into a dragon. Uh, and they got Hanzo from Overwatch. So those are two characters that will be coming to Heroes of the Storm uh, if you're into MOBAs. But yeah, Diablo got literally nothing. And people were kind of sad about that. We were expecting like Diablo 4. I don't know why we were expecting Diablo 4. Blizzard does not like making sequels to games. They take forever to do it. Um, I think Diablo 3 came out in 2012. Uh, 2000, yeah, like 2012. So it, uh, you know, five years, it's a long time, but I don't think that's even close. Re- in recently, I had had the privilege of trying out Diablo 3, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't think I game. ever had a chance to play with you because I bought it on the box. Yeah. I, I play on PC for Diablo. Um it is a game that had a lot of trouble when it first launched, like a lot of games, but uh, it revamped all of its systems with Reaper of Souls, and it had great legs when it came out, and it still does. It's still a great game that people should check out if they haven't, um, but it being out for as long as it has, I've kind of had my fill of it. I, you know, you can only run the the riffs to get gear so many times before you kind of get fatigued of clicking everything all the time. Because uh, you just make these super overpowered builds. That's the hook of Diablo at the end game is you're just making super crazy overpowered builds and just ramping up the difficulty to like tier 10, tier 13 and stuff like that to just, you know, do massive amounts of damage. But, you know, and people are saying like, oh, we'll get it next year. But that's what we were saying the year before and the year before that. Like, I don't think Diablo 3 is even going to come next year. I think we're not going to see Diablo or Diablo 4. Four. I, I think we would see probably Diablo 4 teased at the very least at like BlizzCon 2019. Honestly. Did you, uh, I never, I've talked about this with uh, Locke. I talked about it with Neo. Did you get a chance to play Path of Exile? I didn't. Uh, I've always thought it looked interesting and I downloaded it for a second uh, but I never actually played it. I can't um, believe how cool the skill tree is in it. Yeah. No, I checked out the skill tree. Locke showed me the skill tree uh, one day, and it, it's huge. It looks insane. It looks like Final Fantasy you skill grid. You can really fucking personalize a character yeah. in that game. You can make them super unique, and you can just kind of make a very specific build. And that's really cool. That's a really neat hook that um, games should do, where you can kind of just personalize your character whenever you want. You shouldn't uh-huh. have to be locked into something. You can go whatever way you want. Um, but yeah, it is, um, yeah, 
It was a good year for BlizzCon for sure. I always like to see the costume contests. People go crazy in the costume contests. Like you get a lot of people that make like really ugly looking costumes, but then you get people that have like these super legitimate, like detailed, uh, very like elaborate costume designs. This year, uh, a hogger one, which is a uh, an enemy from World of Warcraft, and just the amount of detail that this girl put into it was like crazy. Like the whole head moved. It like the the mouth was moving as well. Um, I strongly recommend anybody who has an interest in cosplay or anything, just watch the last five minutes of any BlizzCon costume contest because you will see the craziest, most elaborate costumes. Some guy made this James Rayner or this Jim Rayner um, armor set that was huge. Dude was like seven feet tall looking motherfucker, like just gigantic. And I think like I read an article, it took him like three or five years to make. Um, because people go really hard in these cosplays, which is cool. Um, I, uh, you ever heard of uh, Death Knight? Yes. I saw, I was in Halloween of 1998 or nine. I don't know. It was years ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm old. Okay. Um, I was in Montreal, Quebec. What up, Quebec? And I was drunk. I was fucking wasted. Okay. And I bumped in to a legitimate costume for a death knight. And and I used to play Dungeons and Dragons. So the only person in the fucking room that would know what that guy was dressed up as was me. And I bump, I turn around and the guy is wearing platform. It could have been a girl. I don't even know. Okay. The girl is wearing platform. It's a girl now. Okay. It could have been a girl. So it's a girl. So she's wearing platform she's shoes. She's wearing like huge platform shoes. She could be, it could have been a dude. So what's he doing? Nothing. It just, the, the costume was black as shit. It okay. was the, in, in a dark club with like pulsing lights. What were you doing in this club in Quebec outside I was of getting drunk? Getting fucking wasted. I've been in a strip club all night long. Oh, shit. And then yeah. we, now we were getting wasted on the, on the, um, the, you know, you have a French side, old Montreal's the French side. And then, right. New Montreal is where all the strip clubs are on Crescent Ave. Cool. So anyway, so we're in, at this point, we had taken a cab. We're in old Montreal. We're in some like discotheque. It's Halloween night okay. and everyone is decked out. I saw a spice rack. And at the time, the spice girl, girls had had a rift. The spice girls. Oh, yeah. They were super. And big. ginger had left the group. <gasps> so it was spice. It was a spice rack without the ginger. It was the whole rack. Like a person was That's walking ridiculous. around as the whole rack. That's fucking ridiculous. But I turned around and it scared the fuck out of me, dude. A legitimate spice rack? <laughs> no, not the spice rack. I turn around, I bump into this like monstrosity behind me. Yeah. I turn around. It's a fucking legitimate death knight with a huge fucking, I don't know. It looked metal, but it probably wasn't a huge sword. Yeah. Like I'm talking about like giant, like, like, um, obnoxious, like, you know, one of these like, um, anime type swords oh okay right and uh and black armor and then they were using some kind of light effect to create these like red deep pulsing eyes okay and i turn around and it scared the fuck out of me dude yeah i literally was like there's a fucking death knight standing in front of me i had to go (laughs) you had to go that's what you did dude i literally walked across the other side of the room nothing Nothing? i just was like holy fuck i gotta go this is scaring the fuck out of me (laughs) yeah jeez i'll never forget that that's good anyway that's my anecdote about being in montreal on halloween in either 99 or 98 
Don't look that up. Yeah. Don't, don't find that internet. I still can't remember what I was playing with kobolds in it. It's okay. You'll, you'll never find out. Fucking board game or some oh, well. shit. Anyway. Uh, well, what else do we have for news? Anything? Well, nothing much. Uh, it's kind of slow. I mean, there's a, there's a few things going on with like EA and Respawn right now. Um, but, you know, Xbox One X, I believe it's officially out as of this recording. Um, so, like, that's kind of a big deal. It's a new console, technically. Um, it's, you know, it's basically their PS4 Pro for Microsoft. And it's being quoted as the most powerful console ever made. And it being out, it's like, okay, yeah. But, but it what is. can it play? Not much. Everything. I mean, it can play the same things that an Xbox can play. I think that's the point to make. Is, is there something special it can only play? No. I was reading one article that said uh, that if you don't do a patch to Witcher for it, you can run Witcher at 60 frames a second on Ooh. Xbox One X. But, uh, you know, again, it's like it's really just kind of adding detail uh, to games that already look really good, honestly, for console standards. Um you know, my buddy has a PS4 Pro and, you know, he'll throw something like Horizon on it or like Breath of the Wild. And it looks way better. And it looks super detailed, like not Breath of the Wild because that's on Switch and he just has a really nice TV to begin with. Because mm-hmm. you have to have a 4K TV to really take advantage of these um, these systems like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. The main reason you're buying these is if you already have a, a 4K TV. Right. Um, so, like, you know, something like Breath of the Wild on Switch looks infinitely more colorful. But when you start bringing in things like the PS4 Pro or, like, the Xbox One X, it takes that polish level in the game, the little details, and it really has them show a little more. Um, but, you know, we threw Horizon up, and you could just see the detail in like the armor on like the characters, like the notches in like, you know, everything that's going on to their gear and stuff like that. You can see all the little particles going on. Um, it's really, really impressive, but it's not something that you really need to have. I feel, I guess if you have not bought an Xbox yet and you have an interest to, it's probably worth getting an Xbox one X at this point. Yeah, Maybe start with that. Yeah. If you have a 4k TV, um, because that's the other thing is this thing's coming in at a, uh, you know, an overall price point, which is higher than a normal Xbox. And, you know, unless you got that TV, there's no real reason to jump in. Um, things run a little faster, just like in the OS, but nothing, nothing too crazy. It, it very much so feels like even though this was touted when it was first revealed as being like a game changer, you know, we've never done this with a console. We're going to try it. And people were like, oh, fuck. This is going to be like, this sounds like a brand new system, like a brand new Microsoft console. And to see it come out this past E3 and be like Xbox One X, it can run everything that your normal Xbox can run. It brings everything kind of down. It brings it down. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's not what I really was expecting. And yeah, maybe a visual or maybe like hardware and spec wise, it has more than the PS4 Pro overall output is the same you know it's right there's nothing there really that's catching too much attention but the system itself looks really nice it's very sleek and small um oh yeah yeah it's smaller than yeah the original, it's right? much smaller um but it's uh you know it's it's definitely a yeah I'm, I'm never i'm never motivated 
to rush for hardware. Yeah. Like, it's not hardware that I'm ever about. Have you ever, like, gotten a revamped version of a console? Like, when they've kind of changed things? Like, back when, like, let's say the PS3. Because the PS3 was that huge, hulking, fucking $600, yeah. you know, so beast. Mo- and monstrous. Then they, and then they changed it, and they dropped it to 299 and they gave it that nice little matte finish. And it was, like, a different system. And, you know, it was still a PlayStation 3 at the end of the day, but... It was. Well, um, I bought I bought a PlayStation Three way later than everybody else. So the one okay. I finally got when I got one is the one behind you. Okay. And it was like the God of War special. Oh yeah. Special you edition. got the the top loader. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a top loader and it was completely different and yeah. uh, and I was happy with it. I mean, mm-hmm. it still probably works. I haven't yeah, used it in yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, that was a uh, you know PS Three was a cool system, but like you know you see stuff like with nintendo they're always redoing their systems like the 3ds i don't even know how many fucking 3ds's they've redone you got your 3ds you got your 3ds xl you got your 2ds you got your new 3ds xl it's fucking crazy um but uh you know it sometimes you have that old tech and it feels good but you know sometimes you just want to upgrade it you want to get something a little bit more functional a little better whatever you know float your boat whatever catches you fancy i guess stuff like that yeah yeah. Where are we? I think that's it. Are we in another dimension? <laughs> Maybe. Do you watch that show Mindhunter? I don't. You should check it out. It's on Netflix. I think I tried it and I turned it off. What didn't you like about it? Well, just to clarify, is this the show that like literally within five minutes some dude walks outside naked? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Ah, did that turn you off? The nakedness didn't turn me off. Turned me on. <laughs> no, it was like the f- uh, yeah. I think he like blows his head off. Yeah, he, like, with shotgun. Yeah, these aren't spoilers. This is literally the first. It's like, literally in the first minutes. ten minutes of the show. Five minutes. Crazy. Yeah, I guess so. No, I just uh, I guess I wasn't in the mood for it. It was like yeah. eh. oh, it's deep. It's yeah. it's intense. Yeah, you got to be able to handle it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're I think good. We did a show. We did a show. Surprisingly. Maybe so this this has been uh, Felix Hergood here uh, with Snacks the Cat. You don't have any social media, right? No, no social media. Not really. Yeah. But you, you you can catch me at twitch.tv forward slash Felix Hergood and twitch.tv. Sorry, I just said it twice. Twitch.tv forward slash Felix Hergood. Mixer.com forward slash Felix Hergood. Um, this week, I'm doing the Team MC Streamer of the Week podcast, and I'm doing it tonight, actually. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to the show, it's going to be tonight okay. at um, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Team MC. There's four M's in MC. Oh, E-M-M-M-M-S-I-E. Team Thanks. MC. Thanks for all the M's. Um, but I'm going to be doing their podcast uh, live with uh, DOS Rev or Rev. Um, and the Streamer of the Week is Retro Ogre. Mm. Twitch.tv forward slash retro ogre so definitely check it check out retro ogre today if you haven't had a chance and then pop in and see him talk because he's going to be there talking with us give him a follow yeah give him a follow on twitch um and then um what else i was going to say i was going to say subscribe i guess you should i guess you already are subscribed if you're listening to this Unless you just kind of stumbled upon this in the deep resources so of the Twitter. podcast app. No, like, no, 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 the deep resources of Twitter. What is this emergent gamer podcast? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, we'll catch you guys next week. Make a comment. Do a review. Oh, yeah. Do a comment. Come on. Dude, I should have said that. It's not my show. I forgot. I even Don't I even say that. <laughs> this is Snacks the Cat, constant contributor to the Emergent Gamer podcast. Yeah, I do, I do that sometimes. That's you. <laughs>
Uh, but look look forward to the future for Snacks and I to, to, to do more couch co-ops yeah. on my stream. Uh, because uh, he's going to bring, you're going to bring your Switch over, yeah, right? Yeah, we're going to do the Switch. Get yeah, some Mario be... Kart going. Yep. Get some Super Mario Odyssey. That's yeah, I think, I think it'll game. be fun. And I think uh, one of these days in the future, Snacks, I think we should do a Hidden Agenda. I think it would be awesome if we can get like a nice little setup going, hook up the PS4. We'll start betraying one another. Yeah, that'll be super Start getting dope. some takeover cards. It will literally make you accuse your friends of everything. For, for now, uh, look forward to us playing some Overcooked again. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get old overcooked. <laughs> I love playing. Gotta that, make dude. them fish and chips. That's so much fun, man. Cool. All right, man. Have have a good week, everybody. Yay. The crazy dude that's no, in no. Metal Gear. The, see, now you just pronounced his name. Hideo Def- Kojima. I liked how you pronounced it, though. Just say it again. Hideo Kojima? Yeah, is that his name? Uh, well, yeah, that's how you would pronounce it in Japanese. Hideo. Hideo. Because, like, it's like the weird pronunciations between Japanese and English culture where you say, like, like people, like the anime show uh, Naruto. Yeah. People say Naruto. Naruto. But it's pronounced Naruto because it's. Naruto. Because the way that their language breaks down, it comes down to. Hideo. Like, yeah, Hideo. Hideo is. Kojima. Her. Kojima. Hideo. I don't know why you're putting this Hideo. (laughs) Hideo. You're doing a thing right now at the end of the O. It's really weird. Okay, so it's Hideo. Hideo Kojima. Hideo. Hideo Kojima. Kojima. But, but, okay, I don't know why you're saying it that way. (laughs) Fuck it. Um, Kojima. Kojima. You said a lot of words that did not belong there. (laughs) There were some letters. I I heard a Kojima. That's what I heard. Kojima. <laughs> okay, sure. Hideo, 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 Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima. But people just call him Hideo Kojima. <laughs> because Hideo, that's how Americans Hideo say Hideo Kojima. <laughs>